Welcome to the Lewis Jonker Podcast. Lewis is a speaker, storyteller, preacher and poet. Hope you get something out of this talk. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. This morning, unlike most mornings, my heart is beating quite fast and I'm trying to figure out if that's nerves or if I just had too much chocolate for breakfast and the sugar's sending me through the roof. Um, I honestly don't know what it is because I also ate a lot of chocolate yesterday, a lot of Christmas cake yesterday. It's, this has not been a great Christmas for my health, but uh, it is what it is. Good news of great joy. Great joy for me smells of a shearing shed. As I've heard so many people talking about their holiday plans and how they don't want their holiday plans cancelled this particular Christmas, I've reflected on my favourite holidays as a young person growing up. Uh, My family used to travel to Mangapla, which is a small town near Wagga Wagga, out to a a sheep station which is in my family. Uh, I I would call him Uncle Harold owns the sheep station or the shearing shed or the the place that we go, but he is my mum's uncle and we have second cousins out there. And growing up, it was always my favourite holiday. It was like heading out to the farm all the way to Wagga Wagga from central Queensland. Uh, There was nothing I liked more. It was dirty, it was messy, but as as a kid, I absolutely loved it. Uh, There were mini motorbikes, Auntie Jan's cakes, driving the old rusted ute, climbing bales of hay. I think I have a photo of me climbing bales of hay with a cousin and my little sister who obviously thinks that she's some sort of rap artist or uh, she obviously thinks this is a stage climbing bales of hay. And of course the sheep, so many sheep. I was always meant to be a pastor or a shepherd, even from a young age. So, so many sheep. These are freshly shorn sheep. Uh, here's me riding the sheep. Uh, this was my absolute favourite holiday growing up, and I remember, I remember going out there so many times. So many sheep. The smell of a shearing shed is a smell that still brings me great joy. Is my, is my sisters and Uncle Howell feeding one of the baby lambs. It's pretty amazing. In this shearing shed, they, they shear 3,500 sheep a year. It's quite a big operation. On the very first Christmas, the night of our Saviour's birth, angels appeared to an unassuming group of shepherds who were watching their sheep. And the angels declared, I bring you good news of great joy. And this Christmas, among the rising case numbers, the will-they-won't-they-of-government restrictions, the long wait for relief, the stress of cleaning your house for family gatherings, the struggle of getting your children in the car this morning for our service, or for those of you without children, the struggle of getting your husband in the car for this morning's service. Amongst all of this, today I bring you good news of great joy. Uh, I'm going to read from Luke 2. Verse 8. He's pleased. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, 
who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. That's wrong. (laughs) When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. What a, what a story. A group of angels, a heavenly host, appear to shepherds in a field. Sort of an amazing story. And I want to unpack this story a little bit today, going through sort of verse by verse the things that sort of stand out to me. This unassuming group of shepherds. What could this story mean to us? And first, I want to talk about the shepherds themselves. Let me show you what a modern day shepherd looks like. This is Uncle Harold. Uncle Harold, one of the finest shepherds that I know. Uncle Harold, (laughs) he is a normal, salt-of-the-earth, hard worker. They say he only ever bought a car in cash. I remember when when I got my first car loan feeling incredible guilt and shame because of all the stories I heard about Uncle Harold and how he only ever bought a car in cash. He's not the richest man on earth and he's not the poorest He loves his family and he loves his farm. Uncle Harold is 94 years old. And until this January, he worked 10 hours a day with his sheep. In fact, he's quite well known around Mangapla and Wagga Wagga. They wrote this news article about him. Wool class, a Harold Jew of Mangapla shows no sign of slowing down. Harold Jew is turning 93 in October but is still able to pull off the gruelling 10-hour shifts alongside the best wool classes in the business. A very hard worker. I remember that we would go to the farm and Uncle Harold would be up at the crack of dawn and we'd all pile into the ute to go see how he looks after the sheep. And every morning he'd be driving around the ute, dropping their food off the back of the trailer as all the sheep come and gather around the feed. He was, it, the way that my mum talks about Uncle Harold, it's like he's a hero. In this article, it says that his worth at ethic was hammered into him at 13 to support his family during World War II. And he says this quote, my brother was in the army, so someone had to do the work, didn't they? This was the kind of man and is the kind of man that Uncle Harold is, processing 3,500 sheep a year. Now his son, Winston, and his, uh, his son's daughter, Steph, I would call my second cousin, they're all, they're all working on the farm, doing whatever it takes. Hard workers, salt of the earth, good people. You know, the shepherds in the Bible often get a bad rap because a lot of ancient theologians who are from more a Greco-Roman period sort of put their own Greek understanding of shepherds onto these Jewish shepherds. So we often preach that, you know, the shepherds were a poor people and an ungodly class, people that didn't follow the law, people that were left out with the sheep, the outcast. But the truth is, 
as we look at Jewish culture, these shepherds were hard workers, sacrificing time with their families, sacrificing their cleanliness. They were out with the sheep. You know, we hear stories of the Bible, how the shepherds had to fight off lion and bear. They were strong. They laid their life down for the sheep. My, my, they say that Uncle Harold looked after his baby lambs better than he looked after his own children. My mum would say that there's no way he'd get up to feed the baby a bottle of milk in the middle of the night. But he has award-winning lambs. And he would wake up in the middle of the night with a bottle of warm milk to take out to the shearing shed and to the barn where he would feed the baby lambs so that he could put them in, in what do you call them, the, the sheep shearing shows to show off the quality of their wool. Sacrifice, hard work, that's what these shepherds would have been like. Now, to be fair, they definitely weren't rich. They weren't the poorest of the poor either. They were your normal, everyday, salt-of-the-earth kind of people. The one thing that they were inhibited from doing was following the law closely. Because of the smell of the shearing shed and the dirtiness of the sheep, it meant they couldn't keep the law to its fullest potential. So in some ways, they were outcast by the very, very, very elite. Because the very, very elite thought, well, they don't wash their hands properly in the way the Bible tells us to wash our hands. But other than that, they weren't necessarily the poorest of the poor. They weren't the richest of the rich. They were common men. That's who the shepherds were. Matthew Henry, a theologian, uh, says it best about the shepherds um, of all the commentaries I read. By this instance, God would show that he had still a favour for those of that innocent employment to these shepherds who, it is probable, were devout, pious men. Tidings were bought of a greater salvation, of this innocent employment. These normal blokes out watching their sheep. And to these normal blokes out watching their sheep, the good news is brought. And the, so, I mean, I mean, we can't just skip past the fact that a bunch of angels showed up to them. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory shone around them and they were filled with great fear. I think as you would be. I don't know if you've ever woken up in the middle of the night, you know, I have like a computer chair next to my bed and it has clothes on it sometimes during the night. And sometimes the moonlight hits through my window and hits the clothes on my chair at just the right angle that sometimes it looks like some sort of person or ghoul or angel. And I tell you what, when I wake up in the middle of the night and I see the moon shining at these clothes, I freak out. I freak out. But the pile of clothes has never said to me, do not fear, I bring you great news of good joy. Do not fear. So they're scared. And they say, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto this day is born in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. The angels didn't show up to the social elites. They didn't show up to the scribes and the Pharisees. They didn't show up to the teachers of the law. No, the angels showed up to a group of shepherds. This good news is for the common man as much as it is for the highest of society. It's absolutely for the common man. I was, I was <laughs> writing before. This news is for the Jew and the Greek, the slave and the free, the male and the female. It's for the refugee on Christmas Island, for the First Nations people in Perfleet, the Aussie battler on a sheep station in the middle of nowhere, and the simple Narrarian going about their day in a tracksuit and bare feet at Wyoming Coles. 
that's who the gospel comes to. And yes, eventually it does get to the social elite and the scribes and the Pharisees and even the wise men, of course. But the wise men didn't show up first. The shepherds did. In fact, it took the wise men nine years to find Jesus, theologians would say. The shepherds heard it first. And I love this line that it says, Fear not, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. I looked up the word all in the Greek and it means all. It means each, every, any, all, the whole, everyone, all things, everything. This good news today, this good news of Christmas. If you're sitting in this room, it's for you. If you're watching online, it's for you. If you watch this message back in three months as you scroll through our Facebook feed, stalking our church, it's for you. It's for the people that had no interest in showing up for church this morning. It's even for them. Good news, a great joy, Christ born, a saviour, it's for us all. And this would have freaked them out because they were Jewish men waiting for a Jewish Messiah. And when the angels come and say all, they would have thought, whoa, this Messiah is even better than we thought. You mean this Messiah is not just for us Jews, it's for everyone? Yeah, it's good news that needs to be taken to the ends of the earth. And when they hear this good news, the shepherds have a response. <laughs> Actually, go back a second. I really talked up my Uncle Harold. He's a really good man. But one of my fondest memories of heading out to Wagga Wagga was heading to the shearing shed and watching the men shear the sheep. To be fair, sometimes the women got in and gave it a good crack as well. It was a job for everyone. And uh, yeah, my Uncle Harold, he was a gentleman. But as a young adolescent, I heard some language in that shearing shed that no young man should hear. And I heard them telling some stories that no young man should hear stories. I tell you what, the shearing shed is not known for a place for gentlemen. So I don't know if all the shepherds that were out watching their flock were gentlemen like my Uncle Harold. Some of them might have been rough as guts. Some of them might have been Aussie battlers. Some of them might have been throwing around some language that wasn't great in that day. Some of them might have been telling stories that weren't appropriate for a church context. But the angel showed up to all of them, to all, to all. So maybe, maybe you're even sitting in this room and you don't even feel like you're meant to be here. Maybe you're one of the people that say, if I walk into a church, the roof will fall down. It hasn't fallen down yet. It's for all. And these shepherds, they have this amazing response. The, shep, the, the angels tell them that there'll be a sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a great multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he has pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Their response. I think we sometimes forget that these shepherds were in the middle of a work day. They weren't necessarily ready to be interrupted. They were watching their flocks. They were working. They were working. They were going about their ins and outs, their everyday life, watching the sheep, making sure that no wolf was going to come and attack the herd. And in the middle of their work day, they decide to be interrupted. 
and they drop everything and they go with haste to see what the angels had told them, what the Lord had made known to them. They'd heard the good news of Jesus born this day and to that good news they had to respond and they had to respond in haste, in immediacy, immediacy, immediacy. Does that sound right? Immediacy. (laughs) I wonder for you today, this Christmas, if amongst all the present wrapping, amongst all the chaos, amongst all the busyness, are you willing to stop for a second and respond to the good news of Christ born this day? Are you willing to respond with haste? Are you willing to remember the reason for the season? Are you willing to go and check out this good news? I don't have time to expand the whole Old Testament and the whole New Testament and the story of the Word of God. But I tell you what, if you're hearing that there's a Saviour born for you this day, then you can go home, you can pick up your Bible and you can explore that news. You can go and find that that baby Jesus who grew up to be the saviour of the world. I wonder if you might want to respond with haste this morning. They responded immediately. In fact, they were the first to respond. As I said, it took the wise men nine years to get there, but the shepherds in the middle of their every day and covered in their mess and their smell, they responded immediately. Uh you know, I, I believe that the Christian life is built up of normal men and women responding to the gospel. And these shepherds didn't just go and see Jesus, but when they encountered him, they decided to tell everyone about him. It says there in verse 20 that the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. They didn't just hear the good news. They didn't just respond immediately. But as they left to their normal everyday life, they told everyone they encountered. They glorified God. They praised him for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. I believe the Christian life is made up of normal everyday men and women, the common men and the common women who respond to the good news of Jesus. You know, it's funny as, um, they, well, they call me the youth and young adults pastor, which is a great title, I guess. Titles don't mean much at all. And I got to stand up here with my charisma and my storytelling and my unpacking of the word, and I can do a little bit. But the good news of the gospel and the work of NBC, MVVC is done by the people sitting right in front of me. I think the best evangelistic work in our young adult ministry is definitely not done up by me up here on a microphone, I think it's actually the best evangelistic work of our young adults ministry, I think is done by a mathematic computer geek and a childcare worker. And I just hope he's not offended that I called him a mathematic computer geek because it's done by the everyday men and women responding to the gospel, telling everyone they hear. I wonder if in your life, after Christmas, after the holiday period, as you return, as you return to your fields where you might be watching over your sheep, will you go glorifying and praising God for all you have heard and seen? My uncle Harold, he was a gentleman, hard worker, 10 hours a day, 10 hours a day, even on the weekends. He never stopped and it's kept him alive to 94, to be totally honest. 
And it says that he's been on the same sheep station for 80 years of that 94 years. But did you also know that in the background, when he got a spare minute, he was also the treasurer of his local church for 40 years? Behind the scenes, Uncle Harold's not the kind of guy that will preach at you. But when he's not looking after his sheep, he's in a church building somewhere doing their finances, being the treasurer. 40 years, faithful. What a hero. That's what the gospel's about, normal everyday men and women, responding to the good news of Jesus, glorifying him, praising God for all that we've heard and seen. That is what the gospel's about. Their return. I don't know if I have another slide. Oh, yeah, I do. Uncle Harold, uh, in this news article, I want to read to you this end part because I think it's relevant this Christmas. Uncle Harold lived through World War II. Let me just read to you this article. Looking back on his long life, Harold said it had been a good one, albeit dotted with many trials and tribulations. He lived through World War II, but said in many ways the coronavirus lockdown was even worse. You don't know when or where the end's going to be with this virus. You, don't know, you didn't know when the war was going to end too, but you weren't locked up like you are now, Harold said. We're good here, but gee, how'd you like to live in Melbourne? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> However, no matter how tough life got at times, Harold said he's always loved his wool-classing work, which kept him busy for 80 years. There's been a lot of ups and downs, some good times and some bad times. You've just got to take it as it comes along, Harold said. I like working with the sheep and doing the wool. It's been a passion. This Christmas, I would love to get up here and be joyous and happy and celebrate with you all, but there's many people watching at home because of the chaos that is rising case numbers and the fear that comes with coronavirus. And coming from the words of a man who lived through World War II, who saw the pain that it brought his family and his brother in the war and in the army, who saw the unknown of an unending war. This man says that in some ways, this coronavirus lockdown's been even worse. He was 13 when the war was on. And I know that there's many youth who are living through the coronavirus who have had school cancelled, HSC. It's been a crazy, hectic two years. I think we're going to look back on it in five years and not even and not really be under, able to understand the, how crazy it really is. It's been full on. But I love that the advice from a 93 at this point year old man is there's been lots of ups and downs, some good times and some bad times. You just got to take it as it comes along. And Uncle Harold still to this day, is a faithful man. I'm sure that they're either watching a live stream this morning or sitting in a small Mangapla church service worshipping the king born this day. It's about never giving up. It's about pushing through. It's about this Christmas, understanding the goodness of the gospel despite all the bad. These shepherds meet with Jesus in a, let's say, a stable Maybe it was a cave, maybe it was a lean-to where the animals were kept. There were smells. They were covered in, that, that in, in sheep and lanolin oil. And amongst the mess, amongst the chaos, amongst all that, 
They see a baby born wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger as a sign to them that the good news had come. The Messiah was born. Their saviour was here. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it has been told to them. This Christmas, amongst the chaos, would we be like the shepherds who heard the good news of great joy, Christ born today? Would we respond in haste to this good news? And would we seek out the King? And when we return to our everyday lives after we unwrap the presents and eat the roast pork, would we carry praise on our lips and would we share the good news with everyone that we encounter? Whether we be rich or poor, whether we live in Narara or Terrigal, or whether we be an old Aussie battler, a 94-year-old, still waking up at the crack of dawn to feed his sheep, would we share the good news with everyone we encounter for the glory of God? May I pray for you? God, would the good news come to us and would we respond in haste? Would we be excited to remember the reason for the season and explore that reason for ourselves? Would we carry praise on our lips as we go back into our everyday lives? Would we truly respond to the gospel and share it with everyone? This Christmas, would you bless us? Would you keep us? Would you make your face shine upon us and be gracious to us? Would you look upon us with favour and would you give us your peace. And like the shepherds, would we understand the good news of great joy.